Hi, this is Dan Steele with your WASA Legislative Report for Tuesday, January 17th. The legislature has already moved into week two of this 105-day 2023 session. Last week included much of the standard pomp and circumstance as the legislature convened. However, even with 29 new members, many new committee chairs, and a few new caucus leaders, there was no waiting around for these members to get acclimated to session life. Most legislative committees jumped right into public hearings, and a few committees have already moved to executive action and passed bills from committee. As of today, almost 900 bills have been introduced, so there are many, many issues to occupy legislators' time. With the legislature already moving swiftly through bills, education issues are already coming into focus. One issue is, in particular has already caught some fire and is getting a lot of attention. Special education, one of the highest priorities of WASA and each of the other education associations, is seeing very positive action. It appears legislators, legislators in general, but more importantly those key legislators, are preparing to make a significant investment in special education this session. It's unlikely that legislators will provide the almost billion-dollar biennial investment requested by Superintendent Rakedahl, but at the same time, most advocates are feeling some optimism that a final investment will be much greater than Governor Inslee's token increase of around $100 million. Multiple bills have already been introduced with different components of special education. Later this week, the Senate Early Learning and K-12 Education Committee will hear three of them. Senate Bill 5031 and Senate Bill 5315 address high-cost students that are served by private entities or out of state. The third bill, Senate Bill 5311, is the Governor's Request Bill, which would implement his budget request. The bill would increase the special education multiplier, but only for three- and four-year-olds. It would also increase the current arbitrary funding cap from 13.5% to 15%. There will be a proposed substitute bill submitted at the hearing, and while we have not yet seen it, the hope that is that it will somewhat mirror Superintendent Reichdahl's request, which would eliminate rather than increase the cap and increase the tiered multiplier to ensure the cost of special ed services are fully covered. If the substitute bill doesn't do this, the OSPI request bill is now on the table in the form of House Bill 1436, and we hope it will be heard soon. Two bills have also been introduced to address the pupil transportation funding formula. Senate Bill 5174 has already been heard in the Senate Early Learning and K-12 Education Committee. The House Bill, not a companion, but substantially similar, is House Bill 1248. The House Bill has not yet been scheduled for a hearing, but it was originally referred to the House Education Committee, only later to be re-referred to the House Appropriations Committee. This skips a step and actually puts it ahead of the Senate version. Representative Santos, chair of the House Education Committee, is well known for rejecting funding discussions in her committee, so it's helpful to have the bill already advanced to the House Appropriations Committee. Both the House and Senate versions have multiple minor differences, but the ultimate goal of both is the same, to implement a new funding formula that is transparent, predictable, and adequate. School construction is another priority issue that is already starting to gain traction. Senate Bill 5126, which would shift school trust revenues to fully fund the small school 
District Modernization Grant Program had a positive hearing this week. Additional conversations on school facilities is expected to continue throughout the session. Also this week, a constitutional amendment to allow school district bonds to be approved by a simple majority was introduced. House Joint Resolution 4203 is the constitutional amendment, coupled with its necessary implementing bill, House Bill 1353. There haven't been conversations yet about an effort to move the issue, but we are hopeful it will at least receive a hearing in order to keep the issue on the table. We don't have enough time to discuss all of the bills we are already dealing with in this short podcast, but we do want to highlight two additional bills of interest and concern. Two bills addressing school principals have been introduced this year, were heard last week, and are expected to advance out of committee later this week. The first bill is Senate Bill 5085. The bill has multiple provisions addressing employment of principals and assistant principals. Many of the provisions we actually support, or at least are not concerned about. The major provision that concerns us and caused us to strongly oppose the bill addresses principal collective bargaining. First, understand that current law already allows principals to join together to bargain, and this isn't a concern for us. What we, are, what we strongly oppose is the bill's provision to expand collective bargaining to include working conditions. The second bill is Senate Bill 5175. It is pretty straightforward, but no less controversial or concerning. The bill would allow up to three-year contracts with principals. The provisions are permissive at the district's option, but there is a great concern about the tension that would be raised if principals demanded three-year contracts but the district was unwilling to support. One of the arguments is that superintendents typically have three-year contracts, and as one proponent stated, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We reject that argument, noting that this really is an apples-to-oranges comparison. School superintendents have no specific employment protections and no real job security. It only takes three board members to decide they want a new superintendent, and the deed is done. Principals, however, have tenure and due process rights that protect them. It is important for us to clearly state that we support principals and understand they are one of the most important pieces in the education system. The bills are intended to provide support to principals that are being overwhelmed currently. The intent of the bills are valid, but we don't believe the approach is. While WASA will continue to oppose these bills, we'll also continue to advocate for more productive, constructive solutions, including that the legislature enhance principal staffing ratios as a part of the prototypical school funding model to provide districts the ability to hire more principals, therefore spreading the workload. We'll also continue to support the provision of additional professional development, investing in additional principal interns, and ensuring principals receive appropriate compensation. More details about these bills are available in the week one edition of our legislative newsletter, This Week in Olympia. Additional conversation will be included in this Friday's newsletter. The 2023 session is just beginning, but already moving quickly, as noted earlier. If you haven't yet begun to engage with your legislators, we encourage you to take some time to do so as soon as possible. Don't wait until it's too late to impact. If you're at a loss about how to engage and the legislation addressed here doesn't move you, at least take a few minutes to jot a personal note, probably via email, to introduce yourself if you don't yet know your legislators. 
and simply wish them the best in the 2023 session. Be sure to add that you would be pleased to be a resource as education issues arise. It's important to remember that advocacy doesn't have to be difficult, it doesn't have to be time-consuming, and it certainly doesn't have to be intimidating. You do need to make a commitment to engage, however. Please don't put it off and don't assume that someone else will do it for you. Thank you for listening.